I want to preach today on God's plan for the revive. This is the last message in this series that we've been doing. Not that we're stopping what we're doing with the theme of seeking after God. So take your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I was... I get on, there's different stores that I like to see what their sales are when it's coming to like Easter. They put all these things on sale and stuff. I love doing that. And I'm looking for their Easter sale. Couldn't find it. Then at the top of the, the website and everything that they have that they're advertising, it says spring celebration clothing sale. I'm like, what is spring celebration clothing sale? They wanted to do everything to get you to come in and buy Easter clothes without saying Easter. And I know that they did that. It's, it's around, uh, instead of saying Christmas tree, there, there was all the things that they were having, uh, winter celebration trees and all these others. I'm like, in their mind, it's like, we've got to do whatever we can not to avoid, or not to, they're trying to avoid saying things about Jesus. They're trying to avoid saying things about God. It, it, why? Because we have an opposition. Everything happening down with the laws being passed down in Florida and Disney combating it. And there's this strife. And I don't know if you've all have seen that. It's crazy to see what's going on. What is happening right now? It's just a battle. The battle is real and the battle is brutal. Say, what does this have to do with the revived? It has everything to do. Ephesians 6.12, and then I'm going to back up. But Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I have preached this. You guys know I'm familiar with this. But let me finish this passage. But against against. Put this in your mind when God's saying what you're up against. Say, why is life so hard? Let me explain to you what you're facing, what you're up against. It's like, man, I I feel like raising kids today is really hard. You're up against something. There's a force. There's something pushing back. We're up against principalities, against powers. You're up against rulers of darkness of this world. You are facing, you are up against spiritual wickedness in high places. Every single day, you want to know why life is so complicated. You're up against more than you can handle. Say, well, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. We'll get there, I know that. But we're up against powers, spiritual wickedness, constantly pushing us down, constantly pushing us around. The word powers in that passage literally means force, means delegated influence. All around is this negative influence against us. It means authority, jurisdiction. Guys, can I tell you, we are not home. This is not home. We're on foreign soil right now. We're pilgrims uh, just passing through. This is not home. If you're treating this like home, you need, you need to uproot your, your, your tent stakes and get ready to move on because this is not home. This is not home for us. He's, he's teaching us in this world, we're, we're, we're going to fight up against strengths that is a great force. We wrestle against these things. We battle against these things. There's a battle against your heart. There's a war against your kids' minds and hearts. You see all the confusion and things that we face today. There's a war against them. A war against purity. A war against peace. A war against happiness. Satan is no wimp. If you'd get in your mind that you're fighting something and Satan is no wimp. He's good at what he does. He's powerful in what he does. He knows how to set the traps. He knows how to push you around. John 10.10 says this. And this is another verse that we use all all, all the time. Where it says, the thief cometh not. Talking about Satan. Cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. You want to know what you're up against? He wants to get in your home, get in your life, get in your kids' life, get in your minds 
And what he, when he gets in, I promise you, this is what he's going to do. He's going to steal your joy. He's going to rob things from your life. He's going to try to pull the happiness, pull the purity that we have out of our lives. He's out to kill and destroy. Let me just put it out there. Satan's out to mess you up. It's not just playing on the other side of the fence. It's not just a matter of dabbling with things that are wrong. And Satan has a goal to get into your heart and mind to mess you up. That is his goal. He's not playing games. This is his mission. I want to speak on God's plan for the revived. I, I, I'm, I'm going to share what God has been doing for the last 21 days as we've been seeking God. And what we're talking about in this passage doesn't happen if you're falling asleep, if you're passive. The Bible's talking about when he stirs up our hearts, when we're on fire for God, when, when the Spirit of God is working in our lives. Because without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. So let me back up and just build this up. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5, and then we'll walk our way through this. If you have your Bible, I challenge you to flip through there and follow along with me. It says, even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ. For by grace are ye saved. And he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now now he explains, and that's salvation. We're like, amen, I'm glad that I'm saved. I'm glad I know what this means. For by grace are you saved. I just asked the testimony, how many of you are saved? And almost every hand went up in this room. Speaking of salvation, he said in verse 7, the why? That the ages to come that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. And his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and it's not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. He he talks about the saved in heaven and what we have and the gifts of God and the blessings of God that he's given us. But why? For ye are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, a plan, a mission. Something that God wants to do through us, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Live this out. This is God's plan that he has for the redeemed. It's, it's not just to exist. <clears throat> it goes far deeper, far greater than that. Now, no, notice, turn with me to Ephesians 3.1. Now notice how he opens up this passage in Ephesians 3.1. He said, for this cause. <clears throat> he talks about salvation and everything that God did. And he said, because of that. Because you are saved, because you know Jesus Christ, because of all of what God has done, that you are his workmanship. I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me, to you word. The dispensation of grace. He said we live in a, in a time period that is special. I know we get frustrated. It's like, man, this is such a tough day and age. I wish we lived back in the time of Daniel in the lion's den. I'd love to see what God did with Daniel. I'd love to see what God did with Jericho. Love to see what God did with Jonah. All these stories that we tell the stories of. He said, let me tell you, you guys get to live in the dispensationary time period of grace. You can talk about how rough things are, but can I tell you how good things are? That we, we, we have the forgiveness of sin. We get to look back at the cross. We're not having to look forward to one day of the cross. We get to look back at the cross. Listen how he describes this. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Paul would say, man, I know we didn't get this because Jews and Gentiles were separated. And Gentiles were not good enough, but God changed all that. 
As for I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages, <clears throat> Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Abraham, all those guys, that ye may understand my knowledge in the eternal mystery, which in other ages may not be known unto the sons of men, as it is now, revealed unto his holy apostles and his prophets by the Spirit. We live in difficult spiritual times, but we live in special times. He said it in that passage as he was talking about how the prophets of God came to preach and how we have it. And it says in verse 5, by the Spirit. By the Spirit. I started this series out about don't quench the Spirit of God. Don't quench the Spirit of God. Why? Because God wants to do work through our life. We live in the day and age that God has given us his Spirit. And Paul ends this passage in chapter 3 by giving this prayer. He begins to seek God on their behalf, saying, let me tell you who you are and what you have. I want to lay this out for us because I want you to know what God has for his redeemed, for those that are revived. Paul says in verse 14, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven is named. It's it's not just the Jews anymore, it's the Gentiles, it's anybody that knows Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that he would grant you according to his riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by the Spirit and the inner man. Paul was saying that I'm seeking God for you. I'm asking for you to experience God in a special way. This is God's plan for the revived church. This is what God wants you to know. This is what God's saying, that I have so much more for you. And and I, I hope the 21 days was just a matter of you praying consistently and you seeking God and you setting a time to fast. But can I tell you that it wasn't just 21 days of one and done. It was 21 days to create a habit. It's, it's for our God's people to have it in their hearts and saying, God, I want more. And I want what you have for the revive. Let me, let me show you what this is. <clears throat> God, Number one, what God wants to do in you. Paul said, this is my prayer for you. That, that, that God desires to have in your life. That he would grant you according to his riches of his glory. Listen to what he says. To be strengthened with might. By the spirit of the inner man. Here's three things that Paul goes through that he's praying over the church. Saying that if you have the spirit of God and you live in this dispensation of grace. And you live in this special time period. There should be things that are are manifest in your life. They come to light that God through the spirit of God makes alive. He said in verse 16 to be strengthened with might by his power. Are we facing opposition? Yes. Are we up against principalities and against powers and against rulers of this darkness? I can't deny that the Bible says that we see it all the time. But I'm here to tell you that we're against something that doesn't have greater power than we do. It is time that Christians realize what what I have in my life. It is time we awaken to the fact that I live in a time that I have the dwelling of the Spirit of God inside of me. Not by what I've done, not by works of righteousness which I have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. And he gave us, he granted to us something great. Look, look at what he says in, in verse 16. He said that he might grant you. I didn't earn it. I'm not good enough. I'm not special. But it's just by the grace of God that he saved me and changed me. And he gave me something that is so powerful and so different. I have the spirit of God living inside of me. And the Bible's talking about what the spirit of God does to be strengthened. 
might be strengthened by might and the inner man, the inner you, the real you to give you power and ability to do what? To fight back. To fight back against what you're facing. You say, I'm up against so much. No, it should be time that we turn the tables and we tell Satan, no, you're up against so much. The gates of hell should not prevail against the church. Then stop letting it prevail against the church. May we understand what we have as believers with might. The word strength, means to be empowered, to increase with vigor, to be strengthened, to be strong with might, with power. What was God saying? By the power of the Spirit of God that lives inside of us with vigor, literally meaning that we don't back down, that we push forward. It's not a matter of us laying down during opposition and everything that happens. I don't care what Disney changes. My God is greater than Disney. I don't care what they do in schools. My God is greater than the things that happens in schools. I'm here to tell you that God is greater and he wants to give us the strength to fight back. It's what God does in the inner man. He strengthens us. He stirs us up. It's not me. Don't ever sit there and say, I've got this. That is a bad statement to say, you don't have this. That's why he said the spirit of God does in you what you cannot do for yourself. It's what he's talking about in this passage. He was saying, God desires to strengthen us with might. The power of God working inside of us. And this kind of contradicts the, the, the whole idea that I can't. I want to get that out of our minds. We're as parents and we we're just facing difficult and our kids come home and tell us things and we're facing problems in marriage and we're facing problems of loneliness and we're facing problems just in everyday life and we're Christians that will stand up and say, well, I just can't. It needs to be removed from our vocabulary. You can't, but he can. He's talking about strengthening the inner man to where he's saying, I don't want Christians that are backing up just saying, I can't do this anymore. It's too much for me to handle or I'm overwhelmed. There's going to be times that in my flesh that I am overwhelmed. But what God wants to do in my spirit is give me the strength to keep pushing forward. Think about what he says in Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, this is at the end of this. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Think what he said. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. It's not just saying my God is strong. God says I want to work in your life. God wants to strengthen the inner man. God wants to do something powerful in your life. Put on the full armor of God. Why? That ye may be able to stand against. Did you guys get that? We, we love to put that. We, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, against, against. And God comes back and says, yeah, but we stand against it. We push it back. There is a force, the Spirit of God, the very definition of that dunamis power of the Spirit of God is there is a force that, that the devil should get nervous when he gets around Christians. It's not because of what we have, who we are, but what we have inside of us. The spirit of God that is inside of us. We we, we sit there and fight and get so discouraged of ourselves. I have an an Oral-B toothbrush that I I, I love to use. I have two electric toothbrushes that... And it's, I, I use it all the time. I'm, I'm religiously used it for years and years and years. I do clean, but I use it a lot. And I remember just this past week, I, I took out my toothbrush and I'm thinking every single day, it's been a while since I charged that. Oh, well, it's okay. And then the other day I took it out and my toothbrush was dead. It was totally dead. So here I am taking this electric toothbrush, this Oral-B that's able to, that has the capabilities of cleaning my teeth and getting deep dirty, uh, deep, deep down into the dirt, doing all that stuff that the Oral-B advertises. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> with an electric toothbrush. 
I'm thinking, this is stupid. You know, and I didn't even realize how much convenience that I had when I was doing it before because I'd have that electric toothbrush going, whatever. And I'm thinking, this is how a lot of Christians live their life. This is how we do our parent, our, our parenting. It's like, this is so hard. It takes forever. I don't understand. This is difficult. And God says, do you not realize the power that dwells inside of you? Do you not realize what you have? It's not you. You say, I, I struggle with every aspect of my life. And God says, I have power inside of you so you're not sitting there manually doing everything. You're wearing yourself out when you weren't created to do that. He said this in verse 17, that Christ might dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in love. I'm here to tell you that God created us to be strong on the inside. God created us to, to have strength and vigor, to be able to push back the darkness. But he also, God desires for us to be stable. Do you notice what he said to be rooted and grounded? You know what the, the roots of a tree are? The deeper they get, the more they were able to weather the storm. The more they are able to stand strong, to be able to be stable. That was what God was talking about. Rooted, deep beliefs, established, the opposite of falling apart. Why do we go through life when we say, man, I feel like I'm falling apart? What are you standing on? I asked you what's going on in your life. I'm not saying that to be critical. You said, well, Pastor Tony, I'm really going through a hard time. Man, I know that you're going to go through storms, but I'm wondering, I'm asking about your roots. How deep are your roots to be able to withstand the storm that's coming your way? That's why he said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. The, the, the storms are going to come, but I, I love how it talks about us being rooted and grounded in love. Can I explain that for a minute? Do you realize that when I'm established in the love of God, I'm in a place that is safe. God's never going to cast me out. He's never going to turn his back on me. It's not a matter of performance or doing good or any of those things. That I'm, I'm rooted and grounded. I, you, you want to know what's going to change the future of our teenagers that are struggling with identity and all the things that they're facing? They have to be rooted and grounded in a love that does not fail them. A love that was so strong that it died on the cross for them. For them to realize that they're fearfully and wonderfully made. For them to realize that that perfect love that we have cast out fear. To be rooted and grounded. To be established the way that God has. To be solid. He said in verse 18. We're just going through this. is what he's praying over them. That ye may be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And to know the love of Christ. Passes knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness, with all the fullness of God. Paul was saying that I want you to comprehend with this. He said, I want you to eagerly take this in. So he's explaining this the breadth and the, the length and the depth of this. Some of you here might be and have been saved for 50, 60 years. Praise God for that. But I can, I can tell you with all, with all confidence, according to the word of God, you will never, ever get bored with God's word. You will never fully discover everything that there is about God because the more you dig, the more you're going to discover. You never understand the far reach of it. You say, he said the, the width and the depth and the height of it. God will say, I, I want you to realize that my, my reach is so far that I'll leave the 99 and go into the darkness to be able to rescue those that are oppressed. I'll reach down from heaven who being Jesus Christ came to be flesh, stepped out to come to where you are to rescue you from sin. There are no limits to God's love. Never get bored discovering who God is. He's so much, so much deeper and wider and richer than what you could imagine. 
It's unmeasurable. Don't, you never get bored with it. You can never stop searching it out. You never exhaust it. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Verse 19, it says, it's past his knowledge. Do you know what that means? There's a time that as you're searching out the things of God and you keep seeking after God to discover who he is, it goes from your head to your heart. It goes beyond knowledge. It's just not figures and quoting verses. It's, it's something that happens in your heart that pulls you into this. It says, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. Strengthened, stable, and satisfied. You want to know something that's missing in the world today? They need strength. They're looking for something stable. And everybody wants to be satisfied. Do you understand how he's explaining this in this passage? He said that I want you to realize that you're going to have the fullness of God. The word fullness in that passage literally means to be filled up, to be satisfied. It only means to be accomplished in that. He's, he's talking about how the world, people will be seeking. I'm going through a hard time and I'm going through storms. And so they go seeking out something. And they put something into their life, whether it's alcohol or drugs or sex or money or popularity or whatever. And it doesn't satisfy. And all of a sudden they hit something else and they go reaching out and it doesn't satisfy. God said, I want you to be filled with the fullness of God. I want you to experience peace that passes all understanding. I want you to know that there's a strength that goes beyond your difficulties. I want you to know that there's a power that is greater than the opposition to be filled with this. How? Verse 16 said it. By his spirit in the inner man. That's what God does in us. God desires to make us strong. God desires for inside of you to, to, to have that stability in your heart that I'm not being pulled to every side. I'm not falling apart. God desires for us to be satisfied. But let me get to the point where I really wanted to preach today. What God wants to do in you, but I want to talk about what God wants to do through you. See, this was Paul's prayer over the church because we have bought into so many overwhelming lies. Christians too often are raising the white flag. They're backing up. They're defeated. They're, said, they're talking about how complicated the world has been and how far gone churches are and how far gone youth is and how the world has changed. And we almost get defeated. We back up. We, we let Satan push us over. We, we, we back down to what God is trying to do. And Paul says, he, he's trying to remind them. He's trying to build this up. And Paul is like, let me remind you of the God that we serve. Let me tell you the God that we're looking to. And now this is going to sound really familiar because I've only posted this verse and I've only said this verse probably a thousand times. Paul said this as he talks to the church that's being defeated is they're talking about spiritual opposition. He's talking about marriages failing and, and the devil creeping into everything. He says, now unto him that is able. Do you see what he's saying in that passage is he's fired up about something. He said, let me tell you now, listen, for you guys right now, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He changes things. Begins to talk about what God wants to do in us. He talks about what God wants to do through us. See, God desires, God desires to do great things through us. See, Easter is about to happen. I love celebrating Easter. You know why? Because it means that Jesus Christ died on the cross, but three days later he came out of the tomb. And we celebrate that. Isn't that exciting stuff? 
Man, we celebrate. He didn't stay in the tomb. He came out of the tomb. He walked out of the tomb. Can I tell you the rest of the story? God, after he came out of the tomb, sat there and gave us a mission to do, saying, why are you staying there celebrating the empty tomb when I've got more for you to do? That represents the victory that we have. But I'm telling you, we represent the victory that God wants to keep on doing. Man, I've been saved and I've been changed by that empty tomb. But God said, they're saying, why are you staying there? I've got more to do. That was just proving the power. But the dunamis power that opened the grave is the dunamis power that lives inside of you. Now unto him that is able. God was explaining something to this. Can, can I just emphasize something? Now unto him that is able to do. Do you see those words right there? Now unto him that is able to do. It's action. It's not just a spiritual feeling. It's not just a transformation. God was saying, I want to do something through you. I want to do more through you. It's an action. I want to execute my power according to the power that worketh in us. Can I just emphasize this as we're going through this? Every bit of this has to do with us not quenching the Spirit of God. We, we want to see God work and we want to see God do great things. Stop quenching the Spirit of God because every one of these things that we talk about happens with God working through us through the Spirit of God to do great things through us, but God desires for us to desire more. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. We, we, we give up so quickly. You notice how many times we, we'll get into health situations, and I know even myself, they, they come out and talk about Logan having cancer. You talk about a relative with this situation. They say a marriage situation is like, well, you just know how far gone it is. Churches that are closing down and how difficult it is to start churches in this day and age. And you can't fill up churches anymore. And it's just hard. It's difficult. It's complicated. Do you know the day and age in which we live in? Do you know the day and age in which we live today? Can, can I just re-emphasize the words as he says this, now unto him that is able. Let me just shorten it up for you a little bit. My God is able. He's able. Now he didn't even spell out what he said. He just said, I'm able to blow your mind. I'm able to do far beyond what you ask. Oh, and by the way, I'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. This is not me being all weird and charismatic and crazy. This is me preaching the Bible right here. This is what God's pulling us to and trying to get us to wake up to. He said, I can do more than what you can think. I want you to desire more. My God is able. This isn't an exaggeration. He's saying, I want to exceed your vision. I want to go above your abilities. I want to go beyond your reach. What he's telling us is saints of God, I can do more. To seek him. He's teaching us that we seek him for greater things that we face in life. That we say things are so bad, but he's greater. He thinks they're so complicated, but he is greater. We limit God. Last night we went to Moe's. We're in a diet competition, so I had to be really good. So I couldn't get all the carbs that I wanted to get. Temptation. Couldn't eat the chips that I wanted to eat last night. It's complicated. Going through the line and the guy on the other side I said, how many, you want rice? And I'm like, ah, I can't, I just, I can't have those things. And I'm thinking, but I'm hungry. So I'm like, when he got to the tomatoes, I'm like, can I have more of that? He says, okay. okay. You know, he's pulling it out and he's putting it in there. I said, all right. And I was like, I don't want to push the limits here or whatever. Can I have a little more than that? He said, yeah, yeah, fine. We get to the next thing and he's bringing out all the other vegetables. And every time I came to him, I said, can I have more of that? 
I'm not trying to upset you or anything, but do you mind if I have more of that? Can I have more? In the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'm pushing my limits. I'm exceeding what I should be asking for. I was expecting him any minute to say, yeah, charge this guy twice. Yeah, he's got like, I I, I just didn't. I, I think sometimes we pray like that. He said, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask. Never leave out the ask. What God's looking for is a church that seeks and wants and desires. I'm asking, I'm asking. And you sit there and think up of what God can do in our families, what God can do in our church. And God says, I'll blow your mind. I'll go beyond what to ask. You cannot scare God with the ask. He will keep loading it up. He's not nervous about you exceeding it. You know, when you, when you ask people and just say, well, I don't want to wear out my welcome or I don't want, I don't want to upset you. And, and God, I've already praying for this prayer and I've already asked for this. And God's saying, keep asking me. By the way, I'm able to do exceedingly above that. I'll go beyond that. I can do far beyond what you can imagine if you will just simply ask and seek God. He's asking for the ask. And so as we go through life, God's waiting for Christians to wake up to understand what God wants to do through us. Guys, right now, we're four weeks into planning a church in Dublin, Ohio. Praise God for it. But can I tell you this? I'm asking God to do more. I want to plan another church. I want to go to another area. I want to send out more missionaries. We we decided that we were going to go to two morning services, and somebody came up and said, well, wouldn't it be more full if we were to do it just one time and fill it up? No, you know what my God's able to do? He's able to fill it up twice. That's the God that we serve. Why are we backing up? I stand against a lot, but I promise you what I stand against is not more powerful than what I have. He's just waiting for Christians to wake up and say, I want you to seek me and seek me and seek me. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Knock on that door through your knees being in prayer. Get on your knees humble before God. I love verse 21. Oh my goodness. You talk about application to us. So he gets into this. He gives us this glimpse. He's just teaching us how to pray. He said, I want you to, I'm giving you an illustration. This is how I want the church to pray. He said in verse 21, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout the days of Daniel and Abraham and Isaac. And then I'll stop because things are going to get complicated. No, oh, wait, wait a minute. Throughout all the ages, world without end. God's not done. Everything that we're reading about, we, we, we talk about, well, it's a different day and age and we live in the last times. When has that ever dampened the power of God? When has ever God ever said, because things get complicated, to pull out the white flag? No, that's when we stand firm in what we have. That's when we push forward. That's when we rise up. That's when we hit the altars. That's when we invade the prayer rooms. That's when we get on our knees and pray to a mighty God. God's not done with our generation. God's not done working in the church. He said, in the church, in my collection of people, when God's people pray and seek the face of God, my prayer is for more. My prayer is for more. And I tell you what, you'll never make God nervous with your prayers. God, bring us more people, save more souls, restore more marriages, set free the captives, God. I thought about even 
my prayers for Logan as we were going into it and asking God for healing and for him to do something special. And I'm celebrating the fact that the measurement of that cross section of the cancer in the last time was shrunk 46%. And we're celebrating that. You know what my prayers? Hallelujah. Do it again. Why isn't that our prayer with everything? Hallelujah. Do it again. You say, why would you pray that prayer? Now unto him that is able. Now unto him that is able. Now unto him that is able. He's able. He's able. He's able to do it. When he does do it, he'll do it exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. So don't ask small, ask big. Cast your vision so big that it should scare us as a church. Let's get out of the boat. Let's move forward. Let's be charged up. Let's have vision. Let's let the devil know, no, no, we're not scared of you. You should be scared of us. And I'm not saying that to be cocky. I'm just saying that he's standing in the presence of the great I am because we have the spirit of God inside of us. Last night we sang that song and I heard these words. I want to be near, near to your heart, loving the world, but hating the dark. I want to see dry bones living again. There is no power in hell or any that can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am. No, sir. Say, you're not pushing me around. It's time for us to push him around. It's time for him to understand that he is going up against God's church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. I'm not saying that to be cocky. I'm saying that because I'm just claiming and standing on who God is that God is able. 